Welcome to episode 398 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, welcome along to episode 398 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm frustrated like you, but we've, we've had a very frustrating there. morning, haven't we? Yeah. I've, I've been brought over to the dark side by Bevan onto this Apple computer. Which is generally our loving, but today yeah. they, they would do an update and it was a little bit annoying for both yeah. of us, wasn't it? Couldn't get out anything open. And, but we, anyway, it's going to be a strong show today. Well, we start 20 minutes late. Yeah. It, it's all good. It's a good start. And a time to prep. Yes. Which we didn't because we couldn't open the file. But that's okay. <laughs> I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Just imagine sipping that right now, you know? Yeah. Get us a bit more relaxed. Yeah, be a bit wired. That's yeah. what you want, a bit yeah. wired in your life. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And SLS Try. Your cool gear. She was at the gym last night and a member had the SLS Try socks on. Really? She must nice. listen to the show. I'm not sure how she found out about it. Yeah, very good. And she had the, the cool blue, light blue uh, ones. Oh, butterflies. Yeah. Top. Yeah, nice. Yeah, a bit of SLS on the top there, so there you go. In this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a discussion of the week. We have another quiz. And the quiz is quite funny because we went back to Thorsten last time. We said, you know what? Those are pretty hard questions. And he's gone, well, I've made a simple version for your guys. <laughs> so, nice. So I'll be interested to see how we go on those. And then we've got an interview. We've got Kat Morrison coming on. Good times. She's always a bit of a character, so it'll be good to have her on the show. And then we've got uh, try rating. We're going to have a look at the try rating report that's out. And then due to popular demand, we get from here on into Taupo, we're having a weekly update on Project 2014 because I've had a few emails in saying... Popular demand? Yes, wow. yeah, the wise one, James Hotel. Oh, seriously, this, I think I just responded to 5,000 emails yeah. about this week. So you're going to get a weekly update. Well, first of all... Five weeks. Five weeks. Is it five Man, weeks, what is, is going on with this Dropbox, Bevan? It still hasn't updated my file. It is weird, isn't it? Mm. We're having technical problems today. Jonbo, bugger all news this week, but if we are going to talk about a few things, there are a few things worth talking about. So the first thing is, 70.3 is happening in South Africa, and we've got a bloody strong field, John. Well, it's been and gone, Bevan. James Kanata oh. and Jody Swallow took the we are, We are desperate then if we're talking about 70.3. Yeah, I was just impressed with how strong the field was. It was James Kanata was there, Roman Guillaume was there, Will Clark, and then you had guys like uh, Bart Arnott's there and Ferris. So obviously there's a lot of guys down there training in South Africa. So uh, James Kanana winning on home soil and his girlfriend Jody Swallow taking out the girls' race. Oh, that's a good day. Yeah. It's been a nice day when you both get the win because yeah. I imagine it's a horrible day when someone really dominates and everyone has a bad day. Exactly. You know, because it might bring you down. Yeah. Oh, babe, I nailed it. She's crying in the corner. Exactly. <laughs> oh, he's crying in the corner. Strongfield's yeah. heading to Abu Dhabi, John. That's what we want to hear. First off, the bike's telling us about it. So, what's happening here? We've got Vin Laird. He's going to be doing it again. And then you've got. Uh, it's you forget a, that uh, he's the champ, don't you? You do. Yeah, you, you really do. But he, God, you look back at his record, he's pretty bloody good. You know, he's won Abu Dhabi a few times. He's, oh, he's crushed France. Yep. And, and he hit, what, a third in Kona the year before? Mm, so it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because he's a Euro athlete and he's a bit quieter and um, doesn't probably doesn't race the dot races so much and the 70.3s. But, yeah, he's quality. But then you've got a whole stack of other guys, you know, in terms of uh, – Nico Lanos and I mean, I've got the stuff in front of me, so I'm just winging it from what I did yesterday. Yeah, no, that's good. Nico Lanos, I can't even see his name yet. Oh, yeah, Nico Lanos is going to be there. But he was, you know, he's ranked number one athlete in the world last year. I mean, he yeah. didn't, he bombed out in Kona. Basically, but you got him else. and Nico. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's good. There'll be a bunch of others. Alistair Brownlee? Yeah. He's not doing the long race, I don't think. Jonathan? Mm, if sure it's confirmed, they're going to go head to head in the short course. They'll just team tag, team time trial it. And Is it just a bit of a heavy in there? Yeah. Do you think it draws people there? Do you, would you go to Abu Dhabi just to see those boys do a head to head race? Uh, it adds a tiny bit to go and race, but yeah. Tyler Butterfield? Yes, yeah. He's a good guy. He was on the show and he was, uh, you know, he could put a cat amongst the pigeons. He's such a strong bike rider uh, that, you know, we saw what he did in Kona, so who knows what he might do. Okay, John Boo. Well, the next thing we have is Triathlon Australia are getting hard on the disciplinary and sanctions. Couldn't get that one out. I know. They banned this dude for two years. And I can, again, I can't open the, the file, so I can't read too much. But we also had. They don't really tell you much about it. And I got someone to give me some inside gossip on it. I know. It was pretty full on. Yeah, it sounds like the guys deserve to be cheap, pushed away for two years. But the bad thing is, it's, it's cost uh, Triathlon Western Australia $20,000 basically in, in legal fees to, that is really bad, to isn't ban it? this guy, who's apparently a. Yeah, the kind of serial guy. cheat. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and we, you know, not here, so he's been banned for two years for obviously things that he's cheated on. You don't kind of ban someone for two years as an age grouper. Who's like pulling run splits faster than Brad Carter felt, yeah, things like that. Yeah. It's pretty and, it, and they gave him the out and he didn't take it apparently. The guy's Mr. Robson. Uh, what's his name? His name Mark. is Mark Robson, is it? Mr. Robson? Yeah, Mark Robson. Uh, he's been suspended for an annual and one day membership from a tourist in Australia for a period of two years. So good on you, Triathlon Australia. But they for don't really, they don't, on their site, they don't really say what's happened. But apparently, yeah, there was some pretty clear cheating happening. And uh, and yeah, but as, as John was saying, twenty thousand dollars. Triathlon organisations aren't like wealthy. No. It's a lot of money. Like they killed the triathlon club, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, we would. Yeah, we don't have twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and most national federations don't have well America and UK probably do but you know Triathlon New Zealand's probably on the brink of bankruptcy every well, year it's not even just that John like that's money that could be going to kids mm, you totally. know that's money that could be going to making our sport better and then you get some schmuck like this who schmuck I love the schmuck yep, some schmuck like Mark Robinson shame on you Mark yes shame on you woo I got my show notes in front of me Okay. Righty high. Now we can get into things. Christy may be taking part of a four person team, uh, taking on the well known Three Peaks Challenge. But with a twist, yes. they'll be running up and down the three highest peaks in the UK Snowden, uh, Scaffell, Pike, and Ben Nevis. And cycling in between. It's 27 miles of mountain running and 450 miles of road biking in around 48 hours. So it's obviously an endurance race. 48 hours is a long time to be going continuously. Yeah. So good to see Chrissy back. I was a sexual joke then. I was going to say five minutes is long, but uh, I'm more mature than that, John. So good to see Chrissy back doing stuff. Can't see, can't, personally, I can't see her coming back to triathlon, but good to see she's staying involved and doing some endurance stuff. God, we're scraping the barrel today. No, I've got a couple good ones here. Tim Rocky McGrath sent something through. You may have already seen this, which I hadn't, or had it forwarded. No, so Tim, you were first. Referee are going to be doing a, a short race. I saw that it's not it's it's a drafting series race. Yeah. So what's the story? It's basically short course drafting in a race Very car short. track. So two fifty five mile one point five one point two five run. The challenge we have got here it's a twenty five meter pool. The challenge we got here, and this challenge was highlighted at the weekend because I had a, uh, an athlete, I've just got an email in from, she was supposed to do short course race, Triathlon New Zealand, Tri-Series race in short course do, being Dot Kiwi, Dot Kiwi, that's the new sponsor of our Tri-Series race did someone buy the domain, did they? Dot Kiwi. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. do that, it's breaking my heart they're doing that. Because <laughs> the thing is, it's just making more money for them. Yeah. Well, like if you own a business, 
and you, you get your domain name .com or .co.nz for your yeah. country. Now there's all these different ones. It costs you like seventy bucks a year for a domain name. You've got to have to buy twenty of them. Yeah, yeah. Pain in the butt. Anyway, uh, Kiwi. Sure, the, the, and, I, and I'm pretty. I'm almost positive this race was a was a draft legal race, and so you get all these, um, you know, Ironman athletes, half Ironman athletes turning up with TT bikes with aero bars and bar end shifters, and you can't race because oh. it's not. I, I agree with the rules. It's not. It's not safe to have that. No. But how many people? I mean, a lot of people have got two bikes, but um, yeah, a lot of people have not, and just gonna have to think about that. So one. Now, is this going on top of it? Did, did you read this article? I skimmed it, but I didn't really think it was relevant it. news because it was uh, short course draft drafting age group no, stuff. It's stuff, you know. Try it's not, John, re- it's, it's, not, like it's not revolutionary stuff. We talked about 70.3 races this week. Yeah, but this is just um, there's, there's short course drafting races everywhere in the world. Like in Poland, they only have draft legal races. Okay, we, have, so we was, haven't talked about this one for a few weeks, and I'm not quite sure why. Because well, is I was news. saving this for next week because I thought it was quite a big topic, and we've got bloody heaps well, we of stuff. Well, we had nothing in the through. news this week. Yeah, but everything else in the show is really padding out. Over one in seven people caught doping, or not caught, admitting to doping, an Ironman triathlon according to a study of 3,000 triathletes. The latest surveys in both physical and cognitive doping was carried out amongst triathletes' competitors had shocking results. It was carried out by on 2,997 triathletes at the Ironman Frankfurt Ironman 70.3 Wiesenbagen. Weisenbaden? Yep, or, and Regenberg as well. The triathlon doping study conducted at German Ironman races was published in an international peer-reviewed open access publication. The shocking results are this. 13 13% of them admitted to doing physical doping, that's steroids, EPO, human growth hormone, etc. 15 uh, admitted to doing cognitive doping, which is interesting after talking about last week's show, about how you know maybe even the reason we go so is we just get tired mentally in a race. Mm-hmm. Antidepressant, beta blockers, um, myofilinin, um, and other stuff. Uh, 10% admitted to doing physical and cognitive doping, so do both of them. 20% admitted to physical doping at Ironman European Championships. So 20% of the field at the championships and were, were doping. So let's say 2,000 people, that's 400 people doping. I mean, you can't dispute a study, but I just find it staggering. Well, well this, this, I know, I know seven people. And I can guarantee none of them take drugs. Obviously, John, four of them are doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. So triathlon doping is not just for high-end athlete performers. These figures are for recreational Ironman triathletes. Pro athletes were excluded from the study. While many have been suspected there has been doping problems in triathlon, I think if you would have expected it to be as big as one in seven triathletes, people may have suspected that it was just professional athletes who may have attempted to dope to win. But this study shows that it goes right across the spectrum of athletes. The table below, and they, they kind of got what breaks it down. John, yep. your thoughts? I, I just find it very odd and quite hard to believe, to be honest. Well, are you just being ignorant? Um, I haven't read the study in enough detail. That's why I kind of wanted to save it. Is is really what do they define as taking drugs? You know, if taking some supplements and okay, things okay, like I'll that. Okay, I'll say antidepressants. Geez, half the world's on antidepressants. Yeah, nowadays, that's true. So, so I'm right. not sure if that's a performance enhancing thing. Now, you know, fifteen percent of them. So they've kind of got a few different drugs that they can use in there. Things like a beta blocker. That's probably a bit more of a mind control. Mm. Tool, so that's obviously a performance enhancing thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, thirteen percent admit to taking steroids, EPO, or human growth. Hormone. So that's if, if, it, if it is if it, it is simply narrowed down to those three or or <coughs> blatant cheating, are, yeah. yeah, like that. Then I still find that pretty staggering. But it's a different culture, you know. It's in Europe. Um, it's a totally different culture over there, and in New Zealand, we're pretty sheltered and. 
Do you reckon uh, any, any age groupers in New Zealand? Oh, they'd be taking things to enhance performance and whether or not they know they're on the band list and stuff, I don't know. But in New Zealand, look, I, w- I wouldn't know anybody that I would even suspect of taking anything. The average age of the dopers is 38 to 39. These dopers are clearly not high-rate training, volume training athletes. They tend to train about 14, 15 hours a week. Typically, many club athletes would do this. Uh, if you have a points contained within the triathlon doping study, there is a difference between male and uh, female doping. There's a lot more males doing it. What staggers me, though, is that people actually admit to it in a study. No, but that's, I remember League Week. League Week was a big, you know, it's the big league magazine in the, in Australia. And every year they have the players' confidential mm. study or the survey. And, and every year... Quite a few, there'd be you know quite a few of them are on drugs, and they would admit it in this kind of forum. Mm. And I think when you do kind of add that anonymous factor to a study, people will go and just be open and upfront about what they do. Um, but it's a, if this, you know, like as John says, it's really hard to know with these types of things. And and you know, is it? I hate to kind of point at Germans, but is it a lot of Germans cheat because I have three German races? So to say that all triathletes do this. I wouldn't point the finger at Germans because I'd imagine that Frankfurt, I don't know what percentage of yeah. people racing are German, but it is definitely a different culture in Europe. I'd love to see one done in the UK, America and New Zealand and then contrast things. Or Australasia. But, but I think, I don't know, maybe I've, maybe I've got my head in the sand in New Zealand, but I'd be very surprised. A, we don't even know how to do it. Well, I don't <laughs> know, there's a guy in the paper. Maybe the guy in the paper did a... a yeah. He took the EPO for a while, didn't he? Yeah, but that's more of a just... But he a, said it was really easy. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just easy, you know, the benefits, it was really easy to get it. Mm. So if, you, if you're someone who wants to get in that path, I don't think it's that much of a... Now, what does this say about our sport? Let's say, let's say John is correct. What do you think that says about our sport right now? We're a bunch of cheating bastards. Well, not all of us. Well... I never cheated. One in seven is. One in seven... Yeah, no, it's a pretty sad indictment of the sport, I think. Well, I mean, I always go back to who was the who was the reporter guy we had on Legends, the guy who kind of got shafted. Um, Mike Plant. Mike Plant. Yeah, it was Mike Plant. Mike Plant. Mike Plant. In his interview, I, I loved what he said at the end of his interview. He said, "You know, in some ways, I miss what the sport represented in the past." And and I was like, well, "What do you mean?" And he turned around and he said, "Because when when we started out, it was just a bunch of guys who wanted an adventure." And, you know, obviously nowadays there's these carrots that people really want. Mm. And uh, and unfortunately, like for me, the only reason I did Ironman was because I was trying to find a better version of myself. You know, it was me about my personal search. And and that's why when I gave up, it was quite easy for me to give up because I felt the sport didn't have a lot more to offer for me in that way. But, you know, obviously the sport's losing that. Yeah, and but my point of view, if you spend your, all your time worrying about what other people are doing, I don't know, I'm just focus for my triathlon side of things I'm just focused on getting from A to B as quick as I can and I guess if I was getting beaten by drug cheats then my, my attitude might change a little bit But Well John if this is the case we can probably assume at Kona you will be mm. Mm. So yeah. I'll just slash your tyres and yeah. <laughs> cheat in other ways yeah. <laughs> It's kind of just sad because then you've got that Australian guy now he's obviously a bit of a kind of outlier Wanker yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went outlier, you went wanker um, you know so but it's man, it's pretty crazy. What to do about it, Bevan? What to well, do about it? What do you do about it? The, the federations can't afford to do drug testing for age groupers, can no. they? No, public shame. Yeah, but how do you shame people? You I know. know. Yeah. So it's, well, it's just a sad reflection of our sport right now. If this is really the case, so I'll put the article up on um, our website, and it's from the Irish Triathlon dot com. But I'll put it on www. I'm talk to me. You guys can have a look at it, and uh, 
Just yeah. push on to more positive well, I think, things. I think if you are someone who's cheating, stop it. Yeah, you yeah. cheaters. Yeah, cheating, Wally. I don't say. I don't say. There's my worst W word, John. You're Wally. That's pretty out there. Um, the book we're about we're about three hundred, John. Righty, eight. We need to do another two hundred. So Sounds good. And next week we start doing the nicknames because John's got a funny face. What's up? Oh, I don't know. I can't find anything on my computer today. Here we go. Right, I'm back in business. You back? Yep, yep. So if you want to get the book, go on to www.talk.me in this week's show notes. I'll have it there again. Uh, $30, you go on the draw to win a trip to Ultimate World Trip to Kona. And it's looking pretty good. We've got 200 more copies to sell. Um, and next week we start doing the nicknames. So if you've bought the book and uh, you want your nickname, we're going to probably do about 20 or 30 a show because there's quite a lot to do. So Very you know, good. Sponsor, John. Oh, what's okay. up? You want a hug? He's a bit, yeah. he's a bit stressed this morning. Allow, oh, remember Didn't have a good swim. Oh, God. Come on, computer. Do you want to tell my Return of the Jedi story? Yep. Uh, Return of the Jedi today, today. My son is fascinated with Star Wars and, quite frankly, it's driving us up the wall. Oh, really? But I bought have you got some figurines? Uh, he's got Lego, bought the trilogy and... Has he not seen Return of the Jedi yet? No, no. I wonder if you like it because the Ewoks, people... We've, like, when I was a kid, I loved the Ewoks. Oh, I think you like the Ewoks. But, you know, people hated the Ewoks, didn't they? Do they? Yeah, totally. But they made movies about the Ewoks, separate ones. Yeah, they were the worst. Oh, those, those <laughs> ones weren't so good. Yeah, right. I'm back in the game. Can you I tell, tell, you, tell, tell us your story. Okay, though. here's here's a, a fond memory from when I was a child, John. One day I was at school. I must have been six, maybe five, mm. was, uh, early school times. Mm. And I get a call at school, mm. Bevan. You need to go home. A serious family problem's happened. And uh, my teacher comes into the class and goes, Bevan, we've got a call from your dad. We've had a big, you know, something serious at home. We need mm. you to go home. Back in those days, they didn't take you home. <laughs> they yeah. just let you walk home. Yeah. That <laughs> was the old way. So I walked home and thinking, oh, no, I wonder what's happened to my family. I don't think I worried that much, to be honest. Went home. Dad goes, son, we're going to Return of the Jedi. Nice. And he let me have the day off school. He took me to Return of the Jedi. Cool. And I had big popcorn. Nice. One of the best days of my life, that was. Very good. Bonding with Daddy. Yep, my dad went up in my books that day. Very nice. Yep. There we go. I remember Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do that pretty well. <laughs> and uh, Han Solo. And uh, and that's when you found that though, brother and sister, sister, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Was that also when you found that Darth Vader? Was Luke, you are my son, or whatever it yeah. was? Or, oh, son, you are my or, Luke. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember. I'll, I'll let you know this afternoon. Because he chops off his hand. No, he chops off his hand. No. That's when Empire Stripes back and Luke's hand gets chopped off. Oh. Mm. Yeah. And at the end of the ceremony, don't they? Mm. Yeah, the heroes. Yeah. Another one coming out. Number seven. Yeah. Let's push on, though, with some more stuff because we're. Sponsor. No, uh, what are we doing? We've done the book update. We're doing sponsor okay, SLS okay. Try. SLS Try. Yeah, custom yeah, apparel. Yes. So uh, SLS Try, you want to get yourself some cool gear. They've also got all the SLS range that they've always had and they've got some new funky designs and things like that. But if you're part of a little group or you just want to get some custom design stuff, mm. SLS Try doing it. You can get bike jerseys, you can get tri suits, you can get two pieces, you can get whatever you want. Um, you need to order six at a time and that's pretty standard with anybody who does uh, custom gear. But, you know, we know it's good good quality stuff. Well, they did our stuff, didn't they? Mm. And I've been wearing the tri suit for all my races. Always oh, Did you give it back? Sorry? Did you give it back? Didn't you borrow some ones because you lost yours? Yeah, I did. Ironic. Borrowed it. Next day, got home from uh, Auckland and was unpacking a box and found my tricep. <laughs> oh, and we lost for months. It ended up in my Epic Camp gear box. I was like, what the hell is it doing there? <laughs> anyway, so Esau's try is, um, has got all the stuff. Bevan's talking about the socks. Remember to use the code I am talking. Get yourself a nice discount on all the stuff. Well, I think there's a few things about custom, custom gear is that oh, you yeah. can, um, you yeah. know, A, the tri club. 
Mm-hmm. But B, also, let's say you, you and a friends, a bunch of friends are doing something that's kind of a mm. bit of an adventure. So six of you are training up for, I don't know, Placid or Ironman UK or something. You yeah. make yourself a cool suit. And nowadays with the technology, you can do some really cool printing stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you could even get your faces printed on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give that a go. We're coming to chase you, mm-hmm. or when you pass them, we just passed you. There you Have go. your old smiley face with the thumbs up saying, I just passed you. You do anything you want. Yeah, you you put I love John and Bevan on there? Actually, I think it's a must. Yeah. yeah Alternatively, go. they do still have the I Am Talk tri suits, and you can get I Am Talk gear if you want to look really cool. If you want to do your own gig, check it out, slstry.com. If you just want to get some compression socks, just regular old tri gear, then you go on there and just use a promo code I Am Talk, and it's all good well, stuff. Well, you did, John, go to the sales page right now. They've got the FX Tri Race Top. It's a really beautiful white male's top. It was 99, now 60. There you go. So check, check, check it out. Blue socks, some blue socks there. Some yeah, car, look at that, only car. 29 bucks. There you go, yeah. So let's try, guys. Check it Your out. job to buy some. <laughs> this week's discussion, John. So last week on Facebook, we put up a question, and I kind of changed it on you. See how I did that? No. If you knew someone violated the rules, would you protest? Or at what level yeah. are others breaking the rules would you be willing to protest over? Yeah, see what I mean? So like... I kind of, you know, if you knew someone was breaking the rules, it's cool. But what level is it, does someone overgo the line? Like a bit of drafting, you get to know with them. You may mm-hmm. do the pee on the bike strategy. Yeah. But ultimately, you're not going to go to the office and go, oh, my God, that guy there was drafting. And if you do, maybe you are a little bit anal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all, have a, a, we all have a point, don't we, John? It's, it's more around, you know, because the other reason this came up was in New Zealand, there was a potential where you could race Wanaka as a pro just to get some easy money, challenge Wanaka, and then you'd go and race Taupo as an age grouper. And you're probably not a pro anyway, but you could do that to try to get a money grab and then try to get your Kona slot. Richard Swan, yes, I've done it. Organisers should have the rule Don't breaches. Race with Richard, that's the first rule. <laughs> should have the rule breaches brought to their attention as it is unlikely that they would otherwise know. Where is he? Have you organised this? In? Oh, okay. No? I'm going to say uh, good old Leah. Leon Parry, he's got drafting and blatant cheaters, you see wood. Drafting's a hard one because, you know. It's really hard. It depends on where you are within your career. If you're someone who's aiming to get to Kona mm. and you've got a guy in, in, you know, and who's just drafting the whole ride and – you can't, but then you can't go to the race organiser after the race and say, no, the only way number you can one, four, seven, he was drafting the whole way through and they're going to go, mm, whatever. But what you can do is when you see the draft busters coming, you can maybe say, point, yeah, yeah, point, look at this guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll probably go, excuse me, you're within the 10 metre rule. Yeah. Boop, yeah, take that, smarty pants. Uh, Phil Wilson said, no, I'd fume and glare and be angry, but I'm too British to actually complain to anyone in authority. I just annoy my friends and family by going on about it. John, mm-hmm. I heard the British were complainers. Is that true? Uh, they're moaners, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but often in private, they wouldn't say anything that's going to ruffle feathers oh, or anything okay, like so that. they like to moan, but in an only certain context. Mm. I guess Stuart Moore's got at the moment, I couldn't give a rat's. I'm out there trying to be better for myself and not waste energy on others. Stuart Martin Lawrence, great question. I would like to say, uh, however, Thanks, not Stuart. sure how much influence reporting things would like this would have. I did the Outlaw Iron Distance in 2011. I raced uh, large parts of the course with a guy called Alex. He was a nice bloke. Afterwards, he was disqualified for not wearing a regulation tri top too short. Uh, oh, the, really? <laughs> in the case, a lot of people complained, and I. Th- and I think in the end he was given a two-minute penalty. So this time it was definitely 
in defence of a DQ. We've all done races where someone has, has um, sat on our wheel. I've reported it once, was told yes, he was seen. He was given a DQ, then the official results were reinstated. I would love to be confident to report rules offences and have an official take note of this. Okay, how about this one, John? George Ray, uh, Raynell, he's got, I did. A guy who cheated during Ironman 2012 Cozumel winning the Kona slot. His average times I pre- uh, were previously for Ironman 13 plus hours. In Cozumel, he did nine and a half. He obviously did a lot of work in his training job. <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, they looked up before all the picks and came up with the conclusion that he had skipped part of the marathon and someone else did his bike. He got disqualified. <laughs> That's rank. That's cold. How do you get away? That. How do you get away with someone else doing the bike? Well, it's just the timing, just change timing chips somehow. Yeah, but how do you get into transition? Well, no, you'd probably bike out of transition, somebody waiting out the road, and then you'd switch over. Well, I'm giving people ideas now. That's crazy. People are going to find out what's going well, on. Well, apparently one in seven of us are cheating, so yeah. you know, don't use the drugs, use that strategy. Uh, I think this is the second one from Stuart Martin Lawrence. I think a bloke who got a Kona slot in Wales in 2013 was disqualified for littering. Not sure how true this was. It was what loads of people were saying at the presentation. Littering is a tricky one. I mean, uh, Liz Blatchford, who got third in Kona last year, she got a, an infringement, is it two or three minutes for, for littering on the course in Kona. So you've got to drop your, drop your stuff in the, in the drop zones, otherwise... What, she just easy. threw it in the middle of nowhere, did she? She must have, yeah. Or do you think it fell out? I think she, she took it on the chin. She said she was guilty of whatever okay, fair enough. rules. Um, I'm going to say Matt Miller, up to the referees, the TOs to do their job and how they do it as a part of the sport. All sport, not just triathlon. What do you put videos on parts of the course and go for the replay? Problem with triathlon is the sport is unable to enforce the rules fairly for all competitors all the time. So we get this chestnut. Probably should eliminate unenforceable rules. Mm. I would uh, wouldn't done on done job. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, races over anyway. So he's just basically saying that you know what happens out on the course stays on the course. Tim Carpenter, this might be the one we were talking earlier about with Triathlon Western Australia. We've had a case here in Western Australia over the last year or so with a serial course cutter. That's right, a serial course cutter. <laughs> it was let go the Mark, first. you're a serial course cutter. It was let go the first time as he gained nothing from it, even though a number of people realised very quickly what had happened. When it happened again and he got... Uh, and he got and claimed a preem, it was uh, swiftly cut. He was swiftly cut down. Cheats are only cheating themselves, but if they deprive someone else of an honest achievement, they need to be pulled up on it. John, you cheat once and you get away with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cheat twice, you're a schmuck. Yeah. Uh, Joe Cohn, have you done this one? My husband had a guy cut the bike who won, an, oh, is that the one? No, he won the age group slot in Kona and I'm in Los Cabos. There was no timing at the end of the course. My hubby was way off qualifying, for qualifying, so he didn't say anything. But within hindsight, I think he feels he should have. I don't know what its place is to protest. There are cheats out there, doping and drafting. I think they are both as bad as each other. It's sad to say it means the clean athletes have to work twice as hard. But when I finally tread water on the start line in Hawaii again, I know I'll be there through good, honest, hard work. The ones that haven't got there do have to live with that. Surely it won't mean as much. Do you think, but cheats believe their crap. Oh yeah, totally. You know, like you know, like Joe saying, well, you know what, I'm going to Kona, I've done the yards and I can sit on that start line proud knowing that it's because of the hard work and sacrifice I've made. Cheats, I think they justify themselves, oh, don't they? totally, yeah. 
totally. They so, do. Yeah. And, and then they yeah, really start believing it and they don't think they're doing anything wrong. Yeah. I think a lot of these ones here, you know, we've got a few examples here of course cutting. I think it's just another um, example of why these days if we just had some you know, little GPS thing, you can't go wrong. I know in a lot of races it's pretty straightforward. You have timing mats at the turning well, points. I think the question more is how long is it before that technology is cheap enough? Because it's, it's inevitable. We're going to be, yeah. we've got, in some period of time, we're going to be racing with GPS devices that will, you know, maybe be in your number like they are with the runners. Well, I'd be happy. Chips. I would be happy to pay for, for, you know, say we're doing a half or an Ironman, they're bloody expensive to enter. I'd be happy to have, have an extra 40, 50 bucks added on to have GPS so people can watch live where you're at and that's what that company in the states is doing where you do that you pay sort of 50 i don't know it's 50 or 70 bucks or something mm. and you do it not for your local sprint triathlon but for an ironman when you're already paying seven eight hundred bucks extra 50 bucks i'd be happy with that i do wonder how long it will be before that is just even in your local sprint triathlon you know like mm. that technology always gets cheaper over time so there yep. will become a period of time and yeah i don't know guys don't cheat you know, yeah. the thing is that you're only cheating yourself. This is a really negative show. Let's, oh, let's just John, push on. Let's talk about some Lord. She won a Grammy, John. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch it? I saw her sing. We watched a little bit of the start yesterday and saw her. She was, she was like second up or something yeah. in terms of uh, song performing. She's pretty good. I don't like it that much. You don't like it? No. Good Kiwi girl. Fantastic effort. Love you it. Never see a diamond. You don't like this song? Not really. What do you like? Um, who was that presenter? Um, LL Cool J who, who was presenting yeah. the, the, was he I'm gonna knock you ah. oh that is a good song mama's gonna knock you ah. yeah, that's a good one Dad's gonna knock you ah. I'm loving that you know LL Cool J yeah I'm, I'm down with it man I'm down <laughs> with it down with the D doggy okay this week's discussion John what's happening are you, are you keep um, up again uh, this move, the pages have moved off my little docking thing and I can't find it oh, we'll three fingers it down again. or four fingers down <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Jeff Curry's got um, Uplace team announced. Okay, okay. Here, here's my, oh, bloody hell. You're right there? No, not really. Okay, well, Jeff, Jeff Curry's got that. Do you want, no, team. no, hold on, hold on. So the <laughs> Uplace team, it's not a new team. It's Bart Arnott's uh, team, but they've, they've brought a whole new bunch of guys in there. They've brought Liz Blatchford in there, and they've got a really strong look. There's a whole bunch of guys. Will Clark, um, the guy Roman He's closing Kiku, his eyes. Um, I'm trying to remember what I did yesterday because the stupid pages are not in front of me. Anyway, they've got a team together. We've seen teams before. We've seen the... Deutsche Bank team, we've yeah. seen um, Dubai, try Dubai, a bunch of teams. Here we go, we've got um, Helen Frickinson. Yes, she's that uh, Danish Dirk Bockel. Dirk Bockel. So then you've got, you got, you got some big hitters Green Abraham. Yeah, what happened to her? Jesus. Um, she joined this team. Yeah. Liz Bridgeford, <laughs> Will Clark, Sophie Goes. Goss, even. Goss. Two O's. Is, oh, oh, I thought two O's meant O. Oh, Goes. No. Yeah. Anyway. So my question is. What do these teams need to do to be successful? Morning, Joe. Uh, you have a good workout, babe? <laughs> she just went to the gym. The, so what do they need to do to be successful? We've seen teams come and go, and do these? they've had BMC now teamed up with them. Do you think they really work, or are they just a little bit of a little marketing gimmick? Well, I think the thing is, is for us, we never see what the exposure brings, because we're on mm. the other side of the world. For the people in the parts of the world where these names, I don't know, we know these names, but you know, like where these names are bigger... Does being in the team, is there exposure? Like, are they advertising the magazines? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, what, what, do these teams work? And if they don't, what do they need to work? In cycling, I know it's a totally different level of... Well, it's because it's team sport. 
It is, but you know, these guys are race trying to present themselves as a team. Um, what could they do to make things work a bit better? John, what do you think about the the Mecca giving Lance a challenge? You know, don't know, no. don't care to be honest. No, neither. Although apparently the door's opening for Lance. Did you read about that? No, I didn't. The, the new cycling guy's saying, "Well, no, I'm not totally close to him being banned for life." Mm. I slam that door shut if it, <laughs> it starts to open. It's a power I've got, Bevan. <laughs> He's going to push that door closed. You're not coming in. Yes. Did you ever lock your sister or your brother out of the house? Uh, yeah, I must have been, I'm sure. <laughs> it's always a fun thing yeah. to do when you're a guy. I dare you. It's this week's challenge just to lock Belinda out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> just lock her out. She gets home, I'm not letting you. <laughs> and you've got to do it for an hour. I'm going away on a camp this week. That's not no, it's not good behaviour because you know I'm away for four days and the locks could She's potentially be changed. <laughs> you got fifteen minutes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you keep yourself entertained over there. <laughs> I'm bringing this show back up. It's been depressing. So, what's the question? Will teams work or how will, will they work? Will teams work? Will they work? Do they get exposure? Oh. And what would you do if you were in their place to make them work? If anyone locks their partner out of their house this week and can prove it, I'll give them an I Am Talk jersey. There okay. you go. <laughs> you YouTube, it, YouTube it. You, you got to YouTube it. Yeah. You can't. You can't tell them that it's happening. It's got to be. You, you, I want to see the anger in their face, banging on the window. If you want to see something funny on YouTube, <laughs> yeah. If you're not, all the Kiwis will know about this. But there's a beer company in New Zealand called Tui. Oh, that was gold. We may have talked about this in the past, but a bunch of ma- this guy's mates went into his house. Plumbed underneath his house? His, plumbed, there must have been a bunch of plumbers. Plumbed his whole entire house with about seven or eight kegs yeah. of beer like under the, the house. shower, everything, every tap, everything. So he comes home, he's like, what's this? <laughs> And it was like beer and everything. And he was he was loving it. His wife was dirty <laughs> on it. Far out it was funny. So 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 but anyway, if you want to win an I'm I am talk jersey, when are we going to do these next? We're gonna email about uh, it. we're gonna do that in March after I'm in. Okay, so March, after April. March we're gonna be doing a new set of I am talk jerseys. Pink ones. If, if you lock your partner out of the house, mate, if you, it's gotta be for an hour and it, oh, what happened to fifteen minutes. No, no, it's an hour. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, you've got to do an hour and, and they they can't be in on it. Yeah. And you make a video of it and have to show the anger is up hanging on the door. <laughs> I'll buy you an I am talk jersey. Very nice. What do you treat a chance of someone doing that? Slim to now. Oh, it's highly unlikely. Right, try trivia time. Do you want uh, to put music on? Uh, you can put some music Here's on. Music. There you go. <coughs> right, what we're going to do this, we're going to read the questions out and then we're going to come back and answer them shortly. We're all going to like the them. That was a minute, yeah. Tosin, tryrating.com? Yep. So he said these questions are a little bit easier than last time because they were a little bit tricky. Okay, so we'll go one for one. We're just going to ask the questions now and we're going to come back you, to you them. You go one, I'll go two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who ended Cameron Brown's winning streak at the full distance Ironman New Zealand? So that doesn't include so when, uh, yep. Johansson won it when it was a short course. Okay, I know that one. Number two, Australia for the men and the UK uh, for the women had a series of Kona wins. Named the highest place athletes from these countries in 2013. Who were the highest Australian men and UK female in 2013. Number three, name the least one 
and name at least one athlete, male or female, who has won two iron distance races in 2013? Oh, I can think of I think of the one, yep. Who was the highest paid male pro? In, who was in the highest place? Oh, sorry, male pro in 2013 in Kona. Kona who had never won an Ironman. So who was the highest placed Kona finisher in the pro field who had never won an Ironman? And he's got, this is extremely hard for the woman, because this isn't a question. The answer for the woman is Kim Schwabenbauer in 22nd place. Goodness. So 21 people in front of her had won an Ironman. That's pretty impressive. Uh, number five, name three or more new Ironman distance races after the end of the 2013 qualifiers. Okay. Name a US triathlete that has gone sub eight. That's easy. Yep. Yep. It's the only one. Yeah. Which race will be the first Kona 2015 qualifier? What was the last win by Mecca? That's question number eight. Now, is, are we talking Ironman win here? Or I, think we must, I think we would be. Okay. Yeah. Don't think he's won anything yet since. You haven't seen the answers? Actually, no, I haven't. But that could be. That may not be Iron Man because he did win something else. Okay. Name at least one female US athlete that has gone sub nine hours. Oh, I struggle a bit with that one. Sure, we could think of someone. Uh, number 10, last question. Uh, oh, there is a bonus. Uh, which were the last Iron races won by US triathletes or athletes, male or females? And then bonus question, John. Who were third pros, male and female, in the first ever Challenge Wanaka in 2007? <laughs> I know one of them. <laughs> That's a bit of a good me. Okay, we'll see how people go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to give any hints away. Okay, John, sponsor. Okay, hold on, I've got to pull up the website. Okay, pull up the sponsor of the website, Ethel- which is athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. You're going to look at Albert, are you? I was I was going to if my um, safari decides to work. Yeah, you're a bit, you're a bit frustrated this week, aren't you? Uh, yep, in many ways. Okay, so here we're going to look at Albert Boyce. Right, so my sort of thoughts this week were often we look at our own results and stuff, but if you want to, just generally, if you want to look up somebody you know who you think might be on Athlinks, you just type their name in, and like if you type up Albert's name, Pulls up all his results he's ever done, obviously. 109 um, races. So you can use oh, this. Oh, he's got the cool epic T-shirt. The one that um, John... John Ellis? John Ellis did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one where he, he's wearing the yellow, he's wearing the gold epic camp top. Yes. Like, he was defending that jersey with bloody honour down in Queenstown when I was trying to get it off him. He just started following me around. <laughs> oh, did he? That was a strategy. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew I could get it. So I, no, I thought I could get it somehow. But then he just defended. He just he just watched what I was doing. Because he won it, didn't he? Yeah. And I, and then it just became a futile task. Because if I thought, right, I'm going to go for a two and a half hour run, he'd just go for a two and a half hour run as well. There was no way I could get it off him. It was a good strategy. It was. It was a wise strategy. Just was, get a little bit of heat and just sit on their toes. It was a good strategy. So you can do it for a number of reasons. If you want to just um, check you know, mates out or something that are up there, brings up all their results. And you go, hey, Bevan, I remember back in 2004 when you did uh, – XYZ race and yeah. you're smart oh, I mean, to, to yeah, so do a good, good uh, research if you're, doing, if you're looking for a partner or something and you, you want to check out their results you can sort of bring up a few oh, I remember seeing well, well good then. old Albert if you look up Albert Boyce he did the Big Sur Half Marathon in Monterey Bay in 117 nice yeah nice so you can use it for that checking out um, popular people like Albert you can use it for checking out hot dates you might be going California, on California I'm in oh it's a half half and then uh, you can also use it for your competitor 
Elbow Elbow often does the same races each year. So if you look at this, like last year he did uh, Rodeo Beach, uh, what is it, 210? How fast is that, you reckon? It's a run. So that was an off-road one. Oh, it was an off-road one. Okay, we did 210 last year, but this year he had 233, so probably not so good this year. But he won the event this year. Did he win it? Looks like it. First overall, first in age group, first in gender. I'd call that a win. Oh, wow. In that case, he had a great race. Mm. So maybe it's one of those races where the weather makes a big difference. And it's at Christmas time, so yeah, it could be marginal weather. California, probably okay though. So yeah, you can eat, like you can you can do all the stuff looking at Albert's stuff. You Albert's can see religion, he's got, really. he's got know, lots of first and seconds, and you know. And you can go. You can just look at his, his Ironman races. You can see his progression as he was doing Ironman races. Uh, you can see where his, his best time was. He's done the little reports there as well. If you go beside, like if you go down, you go down 2011. He did his Boston Marathon. That's where he got fifth in a time of 2:37. It has a first place medal next to it, which means that was his peak. Nice. So it knows when you've peaked and it puts a little medal there saying, well, that's the best marathon this guy's done, 237. Exactly. Best Ironman? No, this is, best Ironman is uh, 928. Nine no nine eighteen is his peak. And that was when, again. Maybe it was earlier. That was 2005 when he ran past me in the finishing shoot. Oh, next was Ironman that got peaks all the time. So I'm not sure what's happening here. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Anyway, it's a 918. Well, what's really interesting, he did that Rodeo Beach Bloom thing back in 2008, only got fifth back in those days. Yeah. He's getting older, he's winning, John. There you go. See, this so, is good, man. This goes way back to 2002. Yeah. So here is your place. You can do your research on yourself. You can do your research on other people. Multifaceted website. Check it out, athlinks.com. Yep. Albert Boyce, check it out. Check him out. He's, you know his race miles, John? What? Five and a half thousand race miles. Goodness. Yep, that's pretty good. Goodness. Okay, Jombo. Um, next up, we have what do we have here? Go on. Got an interview coming up with Kat Morrison. Okay, I'm going to push pause. And here's Kat Morrison. Okay, uh, probably the person who started the year in some of the hottest form anywhere in the world. She's the number one ranked athlete for 2014. She'd have Poss- to be, wouldn't she? Really? Possibly. Well, you'd have to be, wouldn't you? Possibly, because as well. Who else has raced? Depends if they count last year's races. No, I'm saying for this year. For this year. Yeah. yeah. Two wins from two. She has won the the, the battle. But she hasn't won the war at the first straight, first main race of the season because there was a bit of smackdown talk on uh, on Twitter before the race. I think David Manley sent out a, a little tweet saying, "Can you take down jo- Chick John Newsom at the Auckland seventy point three? And I thought I'm just going to be quiet there. But then there was a reply and there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, promises of. of and did she check you, mate? And she didn't. She didn't. No. Uh, <laughs> how close? Uh, two or three minutes. Uh, nice. Yes. You have a smackdown on it. Did you go over and say, "Take that, you"? Cat Morrison is this week's uh, guest. Welcome along to the show, Cat. Hello. Right, you've had a pretty good start of the year. Um, what the hell were you doing down in New Zealand, and why are you back in Scotland? Well, yeah, that's a good question, especially to the second part. <laughs> <laughs> we came back over to New Zealand for a fiftieth birthday party of a very good friend of ours. So it was just an excuse to go to a party. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, and what do you think of what you and what did you think of the country and, and the races that you did? You obviously did Tauranga, so maybe tell us a bit about the Port of Tauranga half first. Yeah. So when I was um, about twelve years ago, Richard and I, my husband, um, he wasn't my husband at the time, but we lived in Wellington. Uh, Wellington Tri Club were my first ever triathlon club. That's right, I remember that. Yeah. 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 And Richard shared an office with this guy, Kelly, and um, they obviously, they were really good friends, and Kelly was Richard's best man and vice versa, so oh, cool. um, 
when Kelly was celebrating his 50th birthday and he wanted all his friends to get back together again um, and invited us over, we kind of thought, oh, well, there's a good excuse to go to New Zealand. And we hadn't been back in 12 years. So he now lives in Tauranga. So that's kind of fortuitous because obviously that's where the race was. Nice. And what do you think of that course? You know, I did that course, well, not that exact course. Um, when I lived in Wellington, I came up and I did Scorching Bay. Not Scorching Bay, we're talking about Surfbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember at the time doing that and the last 400 metres being along the beach and thinking, that's a bit nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I started Tin Man. I don't know if it was called Tin Man. Yeah, it's been Tin uh, Man for a long time. Yeah, so I started that race, but it all went kind of pear-shaped. I swam into a boat, I got bitten by a crab and a punctured. <laughs> so I didn't ever finish Tin Man because I punctured it the furthest away point on the course as well. So it was a really long walk home. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so having now completed the the half, and um, actually I really enjoyed it because I loved running around the mount, mm-hmm. um, that middle section. Mm-hmm. So it was just it's such a nice way to break up that run because I think otherwise you would be pretty bored of running out and back along the flat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a little challenge as well. It was a really good chance to, you know, try and push on and drop all those sneaky men who were trying to sit on my shoulder. Very nice. And then um, obviously that was a bit of a warm-up for the Auckland 70.3 where, you know, we were predicting before the race that it was more than likely going to be a bit of a two-horse battle between yourself and Annabelle Luxford. So you, you guys had a, um, a separate start to the guys. So I don't I saw on the TV coverage that Annabelle Luxford had some pro guys sitting on her wheel the whole way around. But um, maybe, maybe talk us through your race in, in Auckland. Yeah, um, kind of par for the course as far as my racing goes. Um, it's really funny when you read the race reports, it always sounds like I, I've stolen a race. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like, half of me gets a bit bitter and twisted about it because I'm thinking, well, I didn't so much steal it as do the race that I do and it just so happens that my combination of the three elements means that I'll come through at the back end of the race rather than being there at the the, at the the sharp end. Yeah. And, you know, people, I think when you come up from behind, people tend to think that it's, I don't know, it's not, it's not a true way to win a race. And then the other person's blown up or something. They don't yeah. give you the credit that you're actually a, a lot quicker on the run. So, um, so were, were you solo pretty much all day up there or did you have other people to ride with? Um, I caught up with Sam probably out um, over the Harbour Bridge and out in the the sort of back end of the course around the industrial estate. Um, I caught up with her then and then we kind of remained together for the the duration of the rest of the bike ride. And obviously she's had that hamstring problem which has been plaguing her for a while so she wasn't ever going to figure on the the run. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, it just came down to if I had the legs to catch Annabelle and I did um, on the day and that, that was brilliant. What, what, what is it like to be, you know, as you say, you know, people maybe don't give you the credit because, you know, you're a good runner and, and you're obviously getting, you know, you win your races tends to be in the last part of the race, but <clears throat> what's it like for you? Is there, Does it create more pressure or is it just you're so used to it that you've been able to, you know, it's just the way you race or, you know, what's it like getting off the bike going, okay, now I've just got to make sure I deliver on this run every time? Yeah, I think I'm now used to it. And I also know that the run is, you know, the one of the, the strongest parts of my race. So I look forward to that part because I know that that's where I have the potential to, to do the damage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, as far as racing goes, I think it's always more beneficial to be the hunter rather than the hunted. Yeah. 
So I think it puts you in a slightly stronger psychological advantage, not only for for me personally, because you're always catching people, you're always aiming for the next person, the next, you know, the next thing ahead. Whereas, it's, I mean, I've been in races, you know, I've, I've had Rene running behind me. Uh, I've, you know, it's just not a very nice feeling to be thinking, <laughs> gotta keep going, gotta keep going. So, um, you know, you had a, a pretty handy run split up there and, and you caught Annabelle Luxford. I can't remember if you, did you run 121? Was it, it was 119, wasn't it? Or 120? I think it was 120. Yeah, so like, I mean, um, whilst I, I didn't get checked, I, even if I'd had my best run, I probably would have struggled to do that. So what in terms of your, your running ability um, fresh, what sort of speed, do, or do you know what sort of shape you're in in terms of, say, half marathon speed or marathon speed or 10K or anything like that? Because that's a, that's a pretty handy split. Yeah, not really, actually, because it's been so long since I've actually done a dedicated run race yeah. and also um I didn't really until I got to New Zealand so we arrived on I think it was December 13th and I had had a couple of weeks in Lanzarote prior to that at the end of November um where I properly started training again after a bit of a break so the fact that my run is so strong so early um really quite surprised me it really surprised me in Tauranga actually um in fact, uh, I think the Monday after we got to NZ, and I suppose the party had a lot to answer for, to be honest. <laughs> but I was, I was almost in tears. I'm not going to be able to race in four weeks' time. It's going to be so bad a thing. <laughs> and then I, had, <laughs> I was. Um, and I had that. I must just have had a really solid four weeks, and, and things came on really quickly. So that's really, really you know, pleasantly surprising for this point in the season, especially as... I never really considered that I would race this early in the season and it was just, you know, being all the way out there in NZ, it was silly to come home without doing those two races. Well, it's quite nice you could make some money too, isn't it? You know, like it was obviously more of a holiday, but to be able to actually make some money when you were down here would be quite a cool thing as well. Yeah, how many people get to go to NZ that they came back richer? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's a good thing. Um, Look, off the top of my head, I can't really recall what you did last year, but certainly... You've been um, out of the picture for a while, haven't you? Yeah, you may have had some good results, but you certainly don't seem to have been in the limelight like you were, say, a couple of years ago when I think we met you in Kona and, you you know, you um, you, you had some really, really good races. So maybe tell us a bit about last year and and, um, and how things have been going. Yeah, so last year um, I didn't start running again until probably the end of March... Um, after having had, I had double Achilles surgery. The, oh, really? Yeah, the previous October. Um, what was it like? Well, it was under local anaesthetic, so it meant that I was present and correct for the duration. Wow. <laughs> which was alternatively fascinating and horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting because I could hear the surgeons talking away and, you know, pointing out various things about my anatomy, including the first <laughs> the first comment he said was, my goodness, she really does have fat ankles. <laughs> Which it was just, it was always making me cry with laughter because that's one thing my dad had always said, that I, I had the Morrison ankles and the Morrison arse. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so they opened me up and that's exactly what he said. He said, look at the fat deposits in these ankles. Wow. Goodness. Um, so what they do is they scrape away the, the fat deposits. When you have a, 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 what I have is just a really aggressive 
tendinosis. And so the fat in the fat that gets deposited in and around the tendon, you get um, nerve endings and blood vessels growing. And the nerve endings are what causes the pain. So they, they scrape the fat out and hopefully that's enough to make sure that you're pain free. So that's exactly what they did. And I wish that someone had told me three years ago that this was the answer because for that whole duration of the past, you know, two and a half, three years, I've just had such stochastic run training because I've managed to get on top of the pain, do a little bit of running and be back down again. And I haven't had consistent running for a long time. Um, and I think that's obviously now what I'm seeing the benefits of because I've been able to run since last March. Mm-hmm. And it's finally coming to fruition. So that's exciting because I might feel as if I might be able to run a, actually run a marathon instead of just kind of hanging on for grim death. Mm-hmm. Well, it's obviously starting to show, you know, look at your Auckland result, you know, that, that, that work you've been able to do is coming through in performance as well, isn't it? Yeah, so it's pretty exciting actually. So yeah, last year was just kind of getting back into being able to race again and just being really grateful for that that chance. So I did see Croy in May, which I won. Yeah. And that involved a whole lot of luck and a whole lot of um, people puncturing and all sorts. Nice. <laughs> it's like last woman standing. I'm like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it because <laughs> it definitely wasn't a particularly great athletic performance. Um, and then what did I do after that? And a couple of races in Europe, just small races. Oh, I did the Racine 70.3 where I was third. I went to Norway where I was second. Wiesbaden, which was European Championships, where I was third. Yeah. Uh, World 70.3, where I was fourth. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I did, um, I backed that up. I went straight to um, the Tahoe Ironman mm-hmm. um, and did that. And I wasn't really in shape to do an Ironman, but I wanted to get the, because Tahoe was quite late on, that fell within Kona qualification yep. timeline. So I did that and I was third there. So, and now, in a pretty good position to try and get those Kona points and get that slot solidified at this point in the season, which is which would be great. So I'm going to go to Panama in a couple of weeks' time. Oh yeah, and get enough points to now then think right now I can relax until October. Can I ask what it was like during that period when you're injured? You know, because you know, like we often talk about how it's a pretty hard sport to make a living in. What's it like when you're injured? Um, I got a job. You, you did, you used to got a job, did you? <laughs> oh, there's a whole lot of other stuff went wrong in that kind of time frame. That 18 months was just horrific. Um, I went on a holiday and fell off my bike and broke my collarbone. Yeah. Um, my dad died. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. So, you know, that whole, to be perfectly honest, I had so many other things going on that just put triathlon completely and utterly into perspective. Um. And I just got on with things. I started volunteering for a charity who then asked me to work for them. And that was just brilliant. Mm. And it just kept me, you know, it kept me busy. It kept me occupied. I was doing something that I had a lot of passion for. And, yeah, you know, all things considered, it could have been a lot worse. But um, I actually made a lot of that time. And it it's made me realise how much I love racing. And that's why I'm back out there now. And, you know, I just want to be able to go to Kona and actually do myself proud. I don't really care. Well, I do care. What's the best way to think about it? I want to have the race that I know I'm capable of, regardless of the, the actual end position in the race. Yeah. I know I have a lot more out there in Kona. I've had three kind of bum attempts. 
through mm. various different things. Actually, a lot of bad luck going into Kona. That first year that I saw you guys, I was so sick. Yeah, yeah. Funny. yeah, you were, were you? That's right. It's one thing having flu, but having flu and like 30 degrees Celsius and 90% humidity is just mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the next year when I went back, all I had was a head cold, but that's enough just to knock you off your stride. And then the, the next year I went back, I managed to tear my hamstring kind of just before Vegas nice. in that kind of build up towards Kona. So I, uh, Madame Pelly, I think, you know, I haven't actively ever taken any of that lava off the island. And the only thing I can think about is there must have been some stuck in my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about the... Um... The qualifying because you're in that position where you don't have Kona points, um, which are you know heavily weighted. Are you are you cool with the qualifying? It seems like you've you've been really smart about selecting races that, that are going to work for you. You know, you've gone for Tahoe, um, which is not going to have uh, you know a lot of the the Kona big hitters there. You've gone for a championship race, which conveniently was in New Zealand, so you're going to, while you were here, so you get and good big points, points there. Yeah. Panama is another regional championship, so good points there. So what, what do you think of the qualifying procedure, given that you, you pretty much started with zero, where others, other people had the, the Kona result behind them? Yeah, I, I am completely behind there being, um, there being a necessity for a qualifying structure, because you do want to race the best people in the world. I still don't think it's entirely equitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course this year again things have changed ever so slightly with every Ironman now being worth 2,000 points mm. uh, it means that for all those athletes you can't really look back and, and look at previous years mm. um, KPR and think okay well I need to get this many points to be in the ballpark for qualifying it is difficult um, I don't think we've, we quite know the answer one thing that's always struck me is that I don't I know of very few sports in the world where your previous performance in a world championship um, dictates your performance or your ability to compete in the world championship in the next year. Mm-hmm. That's quite a reoccurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the other thing that frustrates me a little bit is that the the qualifying there are fewer qualifying slots for women than there are for men, and yet the qualifying procedure is exactly the same. It's very cool. There's no, I mean, I don't have a problem with it being the qualifying procedure, but perhaps the points need to be scaled to reflect the fact that the women's field is smaller. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a few, do, do a few guys, things. Do you guys give, give, give a, an opportunity, get an opportunity to be able to uh, voice it to WTC, or is it pretty much you guys kind of get what you're given? It is... Pretty much you get what you're given. Um, and I have asked the questions, can we start to have an athlete panel? Can we feed these things back? And no one really seems to have the answers. And there there are, I mean, there could well be people out there. Don't get me wrong. This is where it kind of falls down insofar as we did at one stage have a few people who were representing the athletes. But it could be in that 18-month period that I've been out that things have happened that I don't know about. But I think in many respects that we are also, as professional athletes, we are our own worst enemies because we tend just to put our heads in the sand to get on with it because our sponsors want us to be in Kona. We want to be at Kona and we, we tend not to think about the bigger picture. And I think that's a 
it's a really short term view of the sport because it doesn't it doesn't help athletes who are starting in the sport, new professional athletes, doesn't help their situation if it's always, you know, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. Mm. And I think, you know, I think the WTC could maybe start to communicate more with the professional athletes. And as professional athletes, we need to start standing up for ourselves a little bit more as well. So it's a, you know, it's a a two-pronged approach. So you've got um, yeah, you've got the seventy point three result under. You have another seventy point three. You'll have an Ironman. Um, will you do another Ironman um, to to bolster up your points to make sure that you do sort of get across the line? I'll make that decision after Panama. Mm-hmm. Um, if Panama goes according to plan and there are no mechanicals and other horrible things that you can't ever counter for when you mm. <laughs> when you do this, then. Um, hopefully I'll have enough points to to feel like I've got enough there in the bag for Kona. I think it's probably very close right now. Yeah. Um, as I say, you can't really tell just because of the, the change this year, but I think I'm really in that ballpark. So mm. if Panama goes according to plan, there shouldn't be a need to do another um, Ironman, but I would like, I would actually love to have the opportunity to go back to Roth. Mm. Um, and, and do that race because it was the first Ironman I ever did and I always said to myself that I really wanted to go back and, and do it again. Um, one, one thing John always talks about, Kit, is that you know that the people who go really well in those mid-season German kind of European races tend never to go that well in Kona. What are your thoughts around that? Like if you are looking at doing road, I imagine you want to do it well. Um, do you feel there is that sacrifice you'll make and does that kind of come into the equation around how you think about your season? Yeah, when I get Panama out of the way, I'll really have a, a good sit down and a good think. But the way, yes, you're right. And I think we have to be careful that you, you look at athletes who perform well at this time of the season and people who perform well at this time of the season very rarely perform well at the end of the season too. So I'm very, very cognizant of that. Um, I think it's going to take a lot of planning this year to actually have the confidence to step back to realize you know how fit I am in January February is not going to be how I need to maintain throughout the whole of the season because you just can't ask your body to keep doing that until October mm-hmm. it's not going to happen I think my compromise <clears throat> if I do decide to go to Roth would be that I didn't then commit to going to Mont Tremblant mm-hmm. I would take that out of the picture so that in the run up to Kona um, there was no racing yeah. it was just training and recovery from Roth and then training. I do want to do another Ironman prior to Kona because I think every time I race an Ironman, I, I learn something else. Mm. Um, and I also want to have a, I want to have the confidence of having done another marathon in the bag. Yep. Sub, another sub three marathon. We're looking for a, about a two, okay, 250. Sub would be nice. Mm. Honest. How hard could it be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on, on paper, it's a bloody walk in the park. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these days, I mean, I know you're only you're getting back into it um, after that that surgery last year, and you, you know, it sounds like you had some really good seventy point three results there. Um, there's obviously a lot of UK girls now absolutely smoking it. You know, you had Joycey there second last year. Liz Blatchford came in third, and then there's yourself, and then there's people like. 
Lucy Gossage coming through, and there's a whole slather of, of, of other UK girls I can't think of off the top of my head. Is that making things better for you girls in the UK in terms of um, getting coverage, or is it actually making things harder because there's, um, there's more top-level athletes? I think in terms of actually raising the profile of the sport, it's doing us a world of good. Mm. Um, ever since... I'd like to say, I was going to say ever since Chrissy, but even before Chrissy, um, triathlon was getting a little bit more of a profile. And I think, you know, we had the the years that Chrissy came out on top in Kona. And then following that, obviously, there was Leander. And I think the press is now almost, well, then Leander and then Rachel and, of course, Liz. And it's now almost as if the press has come to expect that there would be British women out there at the top of the game. Mm-hmm. And they're now looking for the stories and that's great. So there is a lot more general awareness. And of course, other, you know, not just in the long distance, but generally speaking, you know, you have the Brownlee brothers and, and they really kind of jettison triathlon to the fore after the after the game. So in terms of um, media coverage, it's, we're doing not badly, but it's always going to be, you know, you're never, ever going to be anywhere near the media coverage that we give to that game, which involves 22 <laughs> men and a uh, small ball <laughs> um, okay and so any other you know in terms of 2014 plans so you've got uh, Panama and then you're going to figure out your other races do you go on big camps anywhere or do you just uh, hang out at home and, and sort of train solo as soon as I get Panama done I will be um, trying to book myself on a plane to somewhere warm Nice. <laughs> I'll be heading over to Trisports Lanza yeah. um, definitely in April because I'm going to help out on a training camp there that'll be fun <laughs> I don't know who it'll be fun for but <laughs> 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 my mum said she would come over but I don't think she was actually planning on taking part in the training camp oh. <laughs> can, I, can I ask what, what do you do you know I'm always interested you know because for the working athlete out there, you know, Ironman takes up their whole life and there is that consumption, you know, that kind of selfish life that a lot of Ironman triathletes lead and, and which means they have time for nothing else. Whereas for the pro athletes, you guys obviously spend a lot of energy on and time and resources on your sport, but there is you do get downtime. What do you do for yourself just to relax and just to unwind and, and do you have a hobby or, or, or you know, what, what do you do outside of the sport? Not a lot, really. Really? <laughs> Well, maybe you need to start. <laughs> no. I do a lot of sleeping. Yep. I do a tremendous amount of eating. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of baking. Nice. Housework. Jeez, you sound like a, you sound like a well kept woman. <laughs> Most of the things that I do out with the sport still involve some form of physical activity. Yep. Like I like to well, I like to mountain bike, but my mountain biking skills are so divergent from my fitness level that it's not funny. Um, so that can lead to tears tears before bedtime (laughs) we have a camper van we quite regularly go away in the camper van but mostly if we go away in the camper van that involves taking the bikes to go riding (laughs) yeah of course and in terms of you know I know actually what was interesting go ahead sorry what you say you say what you say carry on I was I was going to say in that 18 months that I was out I actually I actually got a bit cultured started going back to the theatre and things like that so um, I've managed to continue that so I came last week on on the Wednesday night I got home Tuesday morning 
And then Wednesday night, I went to see War Horse. Oh, was it good? The, yeah, it was great, apart from the fact that I was trying to, like, keep my eyes open. So tired. <laughs> I was so tired. I'm so jet-lagged. <laughs> keep watching. Keep watching. <laughs> and, and yeah, I know we, I think we met you in Corridor, you know, it was it's, it's a pretty bloody tough way to make a living. Are you, is it... Is it working for you in terms of actually, you know, adding the sponsorship and prize money and things like that? Um, is it working in terms of making a, a real living from the sport now? I can I can break even, mm. um, especially the the sort of year that I had. Obviously, the year that I wasn't competing, that was, you know, financially didn't have anything coming in. Mm. Um, last year, I think I probably really came out a little bit up this year started really well mm. and I have a I mean I have a few sponsors and the sponsor bonuses that go with that mm-hmm. um, I don't have any new sponsors but I have some you know great sponsors behind me Saucony and, and Shimano and BH are, are my main sponsors and, and, and Powerbar and you know when you add it all up it's, it's always been kind of I guess when you when you come from having a full-time job and you get a salary at the end of the month in the bank, regardless, not regardless, don't get me wrong, yep. but <laughs> I was about to say, regardless of what you do <laughs> before someone performance manages you out. Um, <laughs> I do I do try really hard when I go to work, honest. Um, it, it always is, I'm still trying to get used to it. It's a really itty-bitty way to, to earn a living. Because you you know you have your your money if you win at a race and then you might get bonuses from one sponsor but not another and all these little bits accrue eventually it's kind of a hard thing to to keep an eye on yeah um everything coming in in dribs and drabs and sometimes money comes in through a bank transfer sometimes it comes in through a check and it's, I actually find it quite hard to to kind of keep keep my fingers on the pulse but. Um, you know, this year started off really well financially and long may it continue. And I guess one of the things is that I've just always been so fortunate in that, you know, Richard's out there and he has a career and he's earning money and that's always money that's in there at the end of the month and has always provided that little bit of a buffer. Yeah. Mm, um, nice. And that's been brilliant. And that's just, you know, my triathlon career started as he was doing, you know, as he, he was starting his career. So it's kind of gone on in tandem. And there's so many people who have never, you know, I always say to any pro athlete, um, I wouldn't say it to the men, but I say it to the women, just go out and find yourself a boy. <laughs> <laughs> good advice. <laughs> uh, very good. Oh, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to, um, to round two in Kona. So make sure you qualify. I've got to do the same thing after my woeful run in Auckland. I've got to make sure I qualify. Yeah, so to um, Taupo. Yep, we'll be ticking it off. Don't know if I'll be running sub three hours in Taupo, but that's uh, the hope. And uh, I'll look forward to squaring off in Kona. And uh, whilst I hope you have a fantastic race, I hope it's slower than mine. (laughs) (laughs) You bring chocolate fish and I'll bring a can of haggis. That's good. Okay. A good trade-off. There we go. We'll we'll, we'll see how things go. Awesome. We wish you well for the rest of the season. It's great to see you back and... um, Whilst we always love to have Kiwis on top, it's, uh, you know, the old... Uh, You're going to be a honorary Kiwi. Honorary Kiwi. You've well, lived here for a bit. I am an honorary Kiwi, I think. Yeah, of course you are. You started here. There you go. If you, if you, win, Kona, if you win Kona, we'll claim it. Yeah, well, that's what us Kiwis do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got given a, a wee book in my stocking um, when we were in NZ, and it's something like 
I don't know, something to do with Aussies and New Zealanders and sporting triumphs. Oh, nice. <laughs> see some humour in there. Awesome. Well, you enjoy the rest of the Scottish winter and, um, and we'll look forward to hopefully seeing you over in Kona. Brilliant. I look forward to being there. Awesome, cool. mate. Thank you. John, your thoughts on Kat? Oh, but you always do this, you moron. <laughs> you moron. We haven't interviewed her yet, so my thoughts are she's a wonderful, wonderful are, person. She's amazing. She's, she's sharp right now. She's kicking butt. She is. You two, know, she's good for Kona. Two for two this year. Yep. She's made some money. Yep. Nice. Her pigs are still going well? Gosh. Maybe they are. We found out. Yeah. Sponsor. Stream Endurance. I'm, I'm, we're going to go into my Project 24 14 build up shortly and we're coming into that phase of training for me that's probably peak training this week's probably going to be the biggest week of the the whole build up for me and I've got to say I'm on the extreme immune boost because when you get in that you know when you're on the edge the chance of getting sick are a lot higher so if you want to be taking a really comprehensive multivitamin then check this out extreme immune boost uh, goes along with I take the extreme endurance as well 44.90 for a, for a bottle and it's got all the goodies you need in it. And if you use the promo code IAMTALK5, you get five buck discounts. So, you know, we all know you start to get run down. Last thing you want to do is get sick. And I, my heart goes out, Bevan. My heart goes out. It looks like it's already out of yeah. you. Yeah. To everybody, if, if you've got kids, this is even more important because the other day, our, our stalker, you know, our stalker. Your stalker? Our stalker. As in you're my stalker? Yeah. Do I? Yeah. How do I know them? They live down the hill. Oh, good old Zania. Yeah. I saw her the other day, actually. Yeah. She's always talking to me. Yeah. She Sometimes up. she lets herself down because I see her. That's <laughs> <laughs> when she gets like, ah, oh, I got you this time, Zania. Saw her down bloody by Centennial Pool. Yeah. She, she said, uh, you, you're sick all the time. I said, I'm not sick all the time. But anyway, um, my heart goes out to people with kids, with athletes. You're on the edge. You've got kids. The chance of getting sick is ridiculously high so yeah, do yourself a favour and uh, and try to at least try to minimise the, the chance by taking some immune boost got all the goodies in there check it out uh, xendurance.com and remember to use the code IMTALK5 Jumbo mm-hmm. uh, where are the answers? Extreme endurance guys it rocks that's a good question you've got, they're in the show notes uh, I've gone in the show notes you've gone in the did, Dropbox he, give file. A, did he give us the answers? Oh. <laughs> well, if he didn't, we can just say our answers, and then we'll, we'll t- give ourselves a mark uh, next week. Try writing. Just, just have a pause for a second. Okay, I'll see pause. if I can find them. So we're back in two seconds. Uh, hold on a second. John, oh, oh, no, I've, I've oh you push record. Oh, okay, yeah. but you can write down both your answers. Okay. Okay. So, Jombo, first question was: um, Who ended Cameron Brown's winning streak well, that's in the full Ironman distance Bevan race? Bevan Doherty. Okay. That's, yep. It's no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, because he got beaten by Marino, but that was over a half, and he got beaten by yes. Johansson. Yes. So, yes. yeah, I think it must be Bevan Doherty, I think. Yep. No. Did he I lose the year before as well? Because that was the year Trenzo blew up. Let's, let's go Bevan Doherty. Okay. I have, a feel, I have a funny feeling we might be wrong, though. But, but Did he win it last the year before? No, because it didn't win last. wasn't the year before the 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's still kitty. Okay, we'll go with that. Australia for the men, UK for the women, uh, named the highest place. Now, for the, for the men... In oh, the... Let's, let's read the question. Australia for the men and UK for the women had a series of Kona wins. Named the highest place athletes from these countries in Kona in 2013. 
So okay. who we had? We had so first uh, UK athlete was Joycey. Joycey in second place, first yep. female. Yep. On the guys' side of things, the first Australian was uh, Luke Bell. Really? I wouldn't have picked that. Yeah. Well, you're you're probably right. I can't remember. Not not Luke Bell. Luke McKenzie. Sorry. Oh, McKenzie. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah of course. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So I think we got that one right. It's Luke McKenzie and... Okay, number three, while he's writing this down, name at least one male or female athlete who has won two distance, one of each or or Nicolinus, 2013. Nice, that's that's one. And I'm going to go with... uh, um, Joycey would have won two. Joycey and then the guy won Van Laird. Yep. That's easy, you got that one right. Don't even need to write that one down. (laughs) Who was the highest placed male pro in Kona who has never won an Ironman? I think I know this. Oh, uh, wouldn't it be McKenzie. Sorry, has McKenzie won an Ironman? He's won heaps. Oh, is he? Yeah. So you f- first, you had uh, Van Laird. He's won Ironman France. Ken- Kinley's won an Ironman, isn't he? He's my. I think that's who it is. Who hasn't won one? Yeah, so first, Kinley. first was um, Thingy. McKenzie. Then se- second was McKenzie. McKenzie. Yep. Third was Kinley. Wasn't did he get third? He was either third or fourth. Yeah. But I'm going with Kinley. Hmm. Okay, which is amazing he hasn't won an Ironman if it's true. Well, he's only done the year before. Because he's... Yeah, and no, I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Okay. Um, name... Th- oh, wait a second. Is that question three or four? Four. Okay, uh, number five. Name three or more new Ironman races after the end of... Wait a second. Name three or four... Name three or more new Ironman races at the after the end of... The 2013 qualifiers. So new races. So I'm going to go... you got Tahoe. Yep. Because that was, it's happened, but it was qualifying for next year. Uh, almost certain that Japan was as well. So it's Tahoe, Tahoe. And in Canada? Japan. Or Canada qualify? after the end of 2013. Pretty sure qualifies. Canada quali- qualified you for this year. Did it? Yeah, pretty sure it did. And so, so it's on that borderline, doesn't it? Mm. And then Boulder will be the other one. Well done. I wouldn't have got any of those. Well done. Uh, uh, name the US triathlete who's gone some Starkowitz. That's easy. Yep. yep. Uh, which race will be the first Kona 2015 qualifier? Is it Wisconsin? Yeah, it'll be somewhere around about that. Wisconsin or Canada? Well, you're saying Canada's. Yeah, but that'll be, this will be qualifying for 2015. Yeah, well, then that would have worked for this one. That last one. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. I think Wisconsin, I do get a feeling if yep. you do Canada, you go to Kona. Yep, I think you're right. So we'll go with Wisconsin. Okay, last win by Mecca, number eight. Well, this is yeah, this is where we've got a, uh, a question mark. He won the world long-distance champs yeah. the last time we were in Kona, which was 2012. So 20, Has he not won a race since then? 2012, he won the ITU world long-distance champs. Yeah, because he always now says, like, Four-time Ironman world champion, and prior to that, what did he win Ironman in twenty? He's won something since then. Wow, nothing of any substance. Yeah, no, but that's not the question. Yeah, I know. So we'll go with. I'm going to. Don't know. Has he Uh, raced an Ironman? In terms of Ironman, I would say the last one would be. He would have won a challenge race. Did he win in 2010 in Kona? We were there in 2012. He obviously didn't win that year. He He didn't win the year before. Was it 2011? I can't remember. I'm going to go 2010. Are you saying an Ironman win? Yeah. No, he would have won a challenge race since then. Guarantee it. Surely. Well, I don't guarantee it because I'm not sure. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go 20, 2010 Kona. Okay, well, but I, I, I wouldn't put a lot of money on that, people. Name at least one female US, US athlete that has gone sub nine hours. I'm trying to think of US athletes. I know one here. Um, Kate McRoy. Sorry? 
Kate McElroy. Yeah. She's a New Zealand ITU <laughs> athlete. <laughs> See how much I know. <laughs> I put that in my butt. Like, she might be. Go, friend of the show, Bevan. Let's get, let's get on the program. Friend of the show. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. John? Friend of the show. Um, Meta and Kona. Oh, yeah, Mary Thellis. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, Second one would be, I'm surely, surely uh, Meredith Kessler's probably gone under nine as well, I would have Yeah, thought. she would have. Which were the last IMM races to uh, won by a US athlete? The last ones won by them. Well, Mary Beth would have won New York. She did win New York. No, she didn't. She won Texas. So this is quite a good question. The last one. That's the problem. Yeah. So the guys on the guys' side of things. Stuckwitz didn't when he got second. Yeah. Potts probably won uh, Placid or something like that, didn't he? Yes. Good point. Yeah, yeah I'll go with that. And Gills. Mary Beth was steaming for a while. Mary Beth won something this year. There yeah, you go. Okay. Who, who was third in the Challenge of Wanaka in 2007? <laughs> God, I don't know. Who was third? <laughs> real in... legend. Even if you even get to be in the presence of this person, you just feel oh, like a real God. legend. Who was that? John Newsom in third. Who was the girl? God, I wouldn't be able to tell you <laughs> You're that. You're so selfish. Sure. You're pretty sure Belinda Granger won the girls. There was Gina I'm, I'm going to go ma- maybe Hillary. Probably Hillary, oh, something like that. Mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, don't I, was, even... I was there that day, wasn't I? Yeah, we would we finished Epic Camp down there. That's right. You got third. That's right. There you go. Oh, very good. I hope, no, it wasn't an Epic Camp year, was it? Yeah, it was because I, I was camp and then you got third. I didn't do the full camp. I was mainly doing support. Did a few rides. Yeah. Nice. Uh, very good. Well, Thanks, we'll, Torsten. Check we'll, it out. We'll try, try find out the answers because we don't actually have the answers, so we'll try find them out and we'll get them to you. Cool. From tryrating.com. The report is out and we're going to go into that in a moment. Okay. Um, sponsor and then a couple of questions and answers in Jombo. Oh, do you want to sponsor now or do you want to do your update? Um, do my update. Okay. We're John, do, we gonna, we got update. time to do Torsten's report or not? Are we, right? oh, we're... we probably haven't actually. We've already gone for an hour. Oh, Torsten, we're going to get to it next week. We've got week. 15 minutes. By the time you do your update, yeah. we've got a couple of questions, one question at the end. Okay, Torsten, we're doing it next week. So you can get the report off tryrating.com. Get it, and so you can listen to the show and have it in front of you. Exactly. It's How got all stinging? the good stuff. It doesn't sting you. Well, it's a voluntary donation. Oh, give him some money. God, mm. this guy puts some money into the work he does, some time into the work he does. He supports the show a lot, and he wants to get to Kona. So you guys support him. Um, yeah, he's trying to go to Kona. So basically, you go to his website. It's on the front page, and try rating a report release. I've just released my 2013 try rating report, the third time that I'm releasing the end of year report. Looking back on 2013, iron distance races, and my analysis of the results. Uh, the report has more than 60 pages, including top 10 ratings, top 10 performance, money list, a closer look at the KPRs in general, and the changes for 2014. A first look forward to 2014, Kona. So it makes you look knowledgeable because you, you can go through there and you go, "Holy crap! This, that, those are the fastest swim times. These are the fastest races." This is where the athletes, you know, rank up statistically. And it's not like he's just pulled these numbers out of his butt. You know, this is looking no, back at courses. This guy puts the yards in. So check it out, tryrating.com. Uh, is there a place where you can donate? Yeah, when you go through the process, okay. you have to download it and you can choose to put $0 to $5,000. Just drop him some cash. You know, mm. it's one of those things. It's a really, really great report. So we'll be talking about that in more detail next week. But, you know, go get it now for yourselves. Okay, John, but what's happening in your racing? Righty ho. So James Botel popped me an email saying, loving the Project 2014 reports, inspiring me to greatness. And so I'm going to do a week-by-week bloat. There's actually only five weeks now into five Ironman. Five weeks? So you've only really got two more tough weeks, haven't you? Yes, we have. So last week, in terms of what I got done last week, was, you know, 
Auckland 70.3 is perfectly positioned, uh, six weeks out, race really hard, taper into it. And then the focus in the week afterwards is active recovery. You don't want to be, didn't want to be losing any fitness, um, but wasn't expecting to get any super high quality um, workouts in. So ended up doing 15 hours in the week, but had a really good weekend. Did a two-hour 45, no, two-hour 30 run on Saturday, and then backed that up with a four-and-a-half-hour ride on the Sunday with two hours at Ironman effort in the blustery old Christchurch weather and so yeah ended up with 15 hours had three swims of 4k each uh, and then yeah basically just general conditioning stuff all the way through the week gotta say extreme endurance is gold because by the time I got to Wednesday actually zero muscle pain going up Dyer's Pass which is our big climb here in Christchurch just looking down at my numbers going holy crap I better just slow down a little bit so he was fired up it really is good stuff Um, so yeah it was all about recovery, getting right, and then aiming for a really solid weekend with a, with a long run and a long ride. And then this week coming is probably the, probably the most important week of the build-up. Uh, I've got a camp coming up later on the week, so I start off the week with a nice little general conditioning run set. Did 5-1 miles at the, on the grass track last night with a bit of stride work in there. Today I've done a 3100s at the pool this morning as part of a 4K swim and I'll do uh, 30 to 40 Ks uh, solid effort on the indoor trainer this afternoon while the kids are watching uh, Empire Strikes Back. Will you watch it with them? No, I'll be on the trainer uh, in the garage nice. sweating it out. Yeah. And then tomorrow will be a day off and then we're into my camp. Uh, again, perfectly positioned, sort of five weeks out do the camp and then you can sort of start to ease off a little bit into the into the event but we start off on day one 200k ride which is going to be 100ks of uh, fairly cruisy and then 100ks at Ironman effort and a one hour run off the bike day two we're going to do uh, Phil and I are going to do another 200ks tacking on quite a bit of hill work and the objective will be the same deal first half of the ride just getting through the hills and, and surviving uh, second half of the ride will be um, pretty much around Ironman pace Prior to that, we'll be doing a one-hour run and then in the evening just have a little dip in the, the pool. Day three, we're going to have a about a three-and-a-half to 4K swim and then a three-and-a-half-hour run. And then we'll be doing a recovery sort of two to three hours in the afternoon. And then day five, we have a five-six-K run along with a one-hour swim and then another 150, 160Ks on the bike so three big days We've got a 200k on the bike first day 200k on the second day and another 160k's on the fourth day so very very important few days of training are you excited about this well, how are you feeling about the race good yep yeah. no, i'll be ready to rumble. Do you get excited mm-hmm. yeah you do yeah mm-hmm. no it's it's important yeah i've been working pretty hard at it so yeah no yeah no, but you kind of get to that moment where you know like it's because sometimes the taper in some ways is a bit of a kind of it's a hard time because you still got to work through your taper period. Like I think mm. a lot of people think taper is stop, and then mm-hmm. they realise that actually you're still, it's still quite a bit of training you're going to be doing in that taper period. Yeah, and uh, you know, but you know, no, it's just an interesting time. No, I'm mean, looking forward to it. Looking forward to this week. Hopefully the weather's okay, but big mileage, and that's what I need to just get my bike up to speed. And it's going to be good times. Got about 20, 25 people coming on the camp, so it's going to be grooving. Good times. Mm. Okay, well there you go. That's uh, John's update. Um, sponsor Coffees of Hawaii. Uh, right here, where are we? Oh, Valentine's Day is coming up, Bevan. Oh, sheep is creepers. When is that? In mid February, so is only a 12th? few weeks away. Yeah, so mid February. 12th or 14th? 14th, I think. Yeah. Do you do Valentine's Day? Yeah. Well, don't, not normally, but then I brought up, I was 
been invited to go to a function on that evening and said to Belinda, is it okay if I go? And she said, that's Valentine's Day. Okay then. <laughs> What's the function? Guess I won't be going. Oh, the sports award thingy. If you lock her out of the house, yeah. <laughs> you'll be able to go. That way. <laughs> Coffee's away, thinking well in advance. I've got a Valentine's custom roast, limited edition. Flowers mm-hmm. last but a few days. Give your sweethearts the gift of fresh roasted coffee from the islands and they will be thanking you for weeks. We have sourced and roasted coffee from the islands of... Oh, Koa. Kawai, Oha, no, Molokai, Maui and Hawaii, a medium dark roasted coffee, sweet and nutty with a hint of chocolate after, to- after notes. Kawaii. Kawaii. Yep. After you select your coffee below, add a box of chocolate covered macadamia nuts and a bag of chocolate covered coffee beans here. Click yeah. on that. Coffee and chocolate, the perfect gift. There you go. John, I've got a question. Yes, because Joe and I, Joe's going to come meet me in Kona this year. We're going because mm-hmm. we're kind of planning our holidays for the year, and uh, she's going to come to Kona on the Friday, watch the race. Yeah, you know, so she can actually see the race. Cheer me on. She, that's, we, she give, give me, give me my slots. Is Belinda going to be there? Yeah. Oh, great. And Dave yeah. Dwan's going to be there. Yeah. So it'll be a good crew of people. And Phil and um, Jen. Yeah, great. So he's got to qualify. All right, Phil, qualify. But apparently he's coming if he's not anyway. Oh, is he? Oh, great. So it's going to be a good time. So we're, we're going to have a good time. So then we're going to do a two-week holiday post the work we do in Kona. Problem. She's going to miss the Blue 70 Wetsuit Aquathon Challenge. I know. She, she started crying when I told her that. Mm. I'm going to have to train for it this year. Yeah. Well, you didn't give the trophy to the person who won last year. Dave Fish still waiting for it. Yeah, it's in my office. Mm. Yep. I, I, I need to um, put our names on it. Is mm. your name on it? <laughs> <laughs> so the question I have, John, is what other islands should we go to? Oh, Maui, if you're going somewhere. Really? Yeah. Have you been to Maui? No, but... Uh, <laughs> But apparently, that's what, I, that's what when I've asked that question, that's what everybody says, go to Maui. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay, because we've got two weeks. Mm. So we're thinking, obviously, Honolulu for a bit. But, and then while we're there, we could, get, we could visit. Where's the place where Coffee of Hawaii is based? Molokai. Where we go to Molokai? Get you both, yeah. yeah. Bit of island hopping. Bit of island hopping. Mm. Go to Molokai. Bit of pain if you got your bike with you. I'm not taking my bike. How are you going to come out and give me my splits? Take your bike every oh, other year. I'm my bike, aren't I? <sighs> Maybe it was hire a bike. Can you hire a bike in Kona? Do you think many other people want to hire bikes in Kona? No, but like on race day, someone, someone, someone will have a spare bike. <laughs> someone give me a bike on Kona. Because the thing is, I'm not going to go riding with you during the week. Well, people, you've got to take it. The We're not cr- going to set up another iron talk ride where I sit at the back dying the whole way. <laughs> when people just got out there and <laughs> smashed <laughs> it. I'll tell you one thing, we're not sure I ain't going on that bike ride this year. Jeepers, that killed me. I haven't been riding for like two years. And you've got to have the bike. There's a bit of pain in the ass. You can't go out on the run course or anything like that. Yeah, but I probably won't be giving you splits anyway. Bloody well better be. No, because the problem is I'm at the, I'm at the finish line doing a job, John. Yeah, well, you can go there at the end. No, because I've got to be there when the pros come across. They won't be finished by the time I'm on the run course. Oh, you mean... Yeah, they will. No, they won't. Oh, but what do you mean? So, so let's say that the pros get fifth start fifteen minutes in front of us. When I'm going up Palani, I'll I'll be up the top of Palani before they start coming down. You think? Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> Don't need. I'll luck. do my best, but my job is for the for the listener, John. Not and for you. you've got to publicly shame those drug cheats that are going to be in front of me, saying, "Yep." You wanker. You're beating my friend. Stop putting those roids in you. Yeah. It's a roid taker. Every seventh person you've got to say yeah. that to. You're a druggie. You're a druggie. Get off the negative depressants. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Druggie. <laughs> so coffees of Hawaii. And when we're there, we'll get some coffees of Hawaii. That's what we can do, John. Coffees of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. If we got that, both our partners, coffees of Hawaii for Valentine's Day, you think they'd be disappointed? Hey, my wife would be, she'd forgive me for locking her out of the house. <laughs> 
it's sensational. Check it out, guys. Coffee's why do it now so you can get it for your partner early. And, and obviously not just for chicks, also you can get you, ladies you can get your men. So coffee's of Hawaii. John, questions and answers. Just a quick one here. Um, we've got an email coming through from who is this? Russell Hamner. Hammer? And he's got, I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of years and have been trying to catch up on old episodes. I'm about five months behind. So yesterday I was doing my first ever event uh, of the year, the nice little 10K in cold and wet Lancashire in England. I put on my headphones for the run and thought, great, I fancy listening to, oh, uh, uh, though, great, I fancy listening to you too. Oh, so he was basically going to listen to his music to pump him up for his ride and he got us instead. Guess what happened, John? Don't know what happened. There's worst thing in five years. Nice. <laughs> so, so it wasn't a very good strategy. He's going back to music. So this, is e- this is easy listening show. It's not pump up. No, it's not pump up. He said, "I still love the show, and, and I will listen to it on driving." Mm. So there you go. Very good. So listen, don't listen when you're racing. Um, Jumbo, we got we have three minutes to wrap it up. Well, okay. Well, I'll jump on Skype and I'll let I'll let a good friend Kat know. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Is, is she? Are we using your Skype? Yep. Yep. Okay. Wait a second. I always need to forget your password. I'm going to, to, I'm going to, to pause. Yeah. Wait a second. I'll turn around. You type it in. Okay. Okay, John. You tell us about what you've been up to. Okay, well, wait. Uh, what have I been up to, John? Um, do you know what I did? Oh, wait. It's not, it's not open yet. Oh. <laughs> He's typing. Oh, wait a second. Call recorder. Eric cannot run with this version of Skype. Please. Oh, I need... don't read that out to people. Call recorder. I don't care about your call recorder. Oh, well, I'm going to have to pause. Wait okay. a second. I'm going to have to find the call recorder. Okay, give me. Oh, you start telling me your story. Righty-ho. Uh, what you got, you've written some things down. Went to the Buskers. Tell us about it, went John. To, went to Burlesque show, and that was pretty out there. We saw some penises, or a penis. Wow. We saw a bit of everything. Did, um, did you know you were going to see penis? No, I did not. Penis is always a bit shocking, isn't it? Because it society-wise, boobs, you know, they're everywhere nowadays. Yeah. They're out. Yeah. The lower female bit, the fanny. Yeah. This is we call it fanny you in New Zealand. Whatever you want. <laughs> the fanny. The fanny you see sometimes. Yeah. Penises, whoa, that's a shock. It was. So that was pretty out there. I wasn't quite expecting that. Saw that. Saw the boy with tape on his face. Oh, was he good? He's yeah. always meant to be great. Yeah, he is. He was really good. Um, some of the stuff I'd seen before on on live at the Apollo and things like that. And saw because they just do something with chocolate gatto. Wasn't quite into that. And then we went what to was that. Oh, it was this um, American dude sort of dressed in drag singing stuff. Didn't quite just get it. Didn't really. <laughs> and then we went to the best of on the last night, which was really good. Lots of funny comedians and lots of different acts. Did you went to uh, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many nights did you go out? One night was t- it was a double header, so it was three. Yeah, it was a pretty hard, tough week last week actually. One night we went out. Yeah, yeah what do you do with the kids? Just leave them at home. Yeah, yeah, they can you lock them themselves. Out. Lock them out. <laughs> leave, leave them by the pool. They were just swimming all night. <laughs> <laughs> um, one night we went out for dinner, and what's that place? I think it was actually across the road from Joe's old place, sort of on that corner of Strategy. Oh uh, yeah. Um used to be an Asian place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know the one you're anyway, talking about. Anyway, went there. Was they, it they put, uh, Quite expensive, eh? Oh, it's just standard pricing for medium sort of fine dining. Okay. And they put a challenge down that I couldn't resist, which was a little frustrating. It didn't end up living up to expectations. But they had their desserts and they had a few desserts. And then one was uh, 10 minutes with the cookie jar. And I was like, what's that? And 10 minutes with a cookie jar, John. What was the name of the dessert? You want to talk about this on the show? <laughs> anyway, so I thought, well, what's that? And you basically, they bring out a big jar of uh, different sorts of cookies for 10 minutes, and you get to eat as many as you want in 10 minutes. But was that a good strategy? Uh, it wasn't really. They, they, were nice. they were nice cookies, but hold on. He's just putting this password. Oh, it is. I love Bevan. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You felt that way about me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 
It's I'm just going to let Kit know It was a challenge, and I couldn't... So what, you had to challenge. try to eat the whole thing? Well, I ate as many. There's no way. Apparently, the record was 14. 14 cookies. I think that's what the guy What'd said. What'd you do? I would have done about eight, probably. Problem, I don't do food challenges anymore. Mm, anyway. What, what, what is it? Wait, what's your Kit Morrison? Um, have you got a Skype there? Oh, let's not discuss this on the show. Hold on. I'll find it. Just give us a second. Catherine Flux is there? This is not her? No. Uh, okay. Okay, what else has been happening? Uh, well, uh, message out to all our Indian uh, listeners. Well, you're going down in the cricket. Oh, but were you gutted with that draw? Oh, it's the first time I've watched a game of cricket in a while, or the end of a cricket. We needed, they needed 18 runs off the last over, and I'm sitting, because I don't have Sky, so I'm sitting in bed doing the refresh on the bloody internet, and I'm thinking, 18 runs, it's ours. How can we lose with 18 runs? We bowled two wides. <laughs> they bowled a lot of wides out, guys. Oh, I did my head in. And they drew. So we're up 2 0. Yeah. Two more games to go. I think John's in a just one and cat. Uh, we're not a friend of hers already. Oh, I don't know. So, so yeah. And then what happened was the Australians beat the Poms again. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. How you going with that? Cat Morrison. He's finding a Skype name. Uh, oh, for God's sake. Uh, here we go. I can't even pause the show because he's got my computer. And uh, what else have you been doing? Because there, there was three things on your list. There was a cricket, the buskers. And the cookie jar. And the cookie jar. I've done all of them. I don't do food eating things now. Oh, what are you doing? Oh. Give it here. Give it here. Give it here. If I do this, if I go like this, and I do a search on Skype, surely she'll pop up. This is entertaining pockets. But apparently we don't uh, go on at the end of shows. Okay, John. Do you want to hear my goss? Just give me the fucking computer. <laughs> Did he swear? <laughs> We're on the show. It's X-rated. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, we're going to get X-rated now. We're ruined. <laughs> I'm not the one who's typed it in three times and stuffed it up I'm every leaning time. leaning across the table. He's not giving me anything. My arms are at full stretch. It's because you've got small arms. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Hurry up. Did you get it? No, this is how you do it. Uh, you weren't even in the right place. So, John, I went to the Carlton for dinner the other night. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the Colton? That is an impressive looking building. It is pretty good, pretty impressive. And we went out for dinner. And, you know, it's one of those places. What do you think? What do you think is a top end price you're going to pay for a main? Well, at that place, it's sort of a gastro pub type thing. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of a nice gastro pub, not a. Not a I would have thought uh, probably 30 ish. Yeah. So the main was 36. Yeah. Big piece of meat. It's pretty big. That got myself a good piece of steak. How are you going? You winning that I think battle? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, give it here. Now I'll, I'll go. Extend. Yeah, I think I've got okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Now stop swearing on the show, John. It's, it's, okay. So I'm going to. So yeah, you say so you're going to whinge about the price of your main. Well, no. Thirty six dollars. Thirty six. You know. Yeah. You, you know. You got did to spend hundred bucks. Did you get that. sides with that? Like, did you well, need this to buy is stuff? the thing, John? Mm. Yeah. So I go get my main. Yeah. And they get, they go okay, you order your main, and it was all good. So I want a big piece, and I went, don't give me the options of meat because the problem is I always think bigger is better. Yeah. So I get the biggest piece of meat I can get, four hundred grams of some kind of steak. Yeah. And uh, they give you how you get it cooked. Yeah. I like a bit of red, a bit of blood. Yeah. Medium rare. Medium rare, John. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah. Right, I've got to finish. Wait. Uh, we'll be two minutes. Be two minutes. I'm telling a story. Yeah. I'm <laughs> complaining about the price of things. Okay. So, um, so okay, all good. 36. Yeah. Turn, spud. They give you spud choice. You can mm. go duck fat spud. Nice. I went the cheesy spud. Yeah. It was quite good. It was yeah, a bit yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, what was it? Like potato bake? Kind of a bit yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. good. And then and then, then you've got to buy your, your veggies. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And John, it wasn't like, you know, 
buy your veggies and you have a couple bucks. Mm. $9 for about 10 carrots. Mm. No, I'm hearing you. I'm sharing your frustration. I was not happy with that. You'd be happier if, I'd be happier paying 40 bucks for a main rather than having to just. But that's a dirty dog trick that it is. It is. Because your veggies come with the meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to charge $9 for some carrots. Yeah. I probably got seven carrots. No, probably maybe 10. Those were good carrots. But they were black. What was with the black carrots, babe? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect timing. Why were they black? They were a purple, different And the breed. thing is, my Joe Reach, he's the best cook in the world. Because Joe, you do, what do you do? You look at honey carrots sometimes, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honey carrots are awesome. And these were honey carrots with, with sesame. So I was thinking, well, we're going to be like Joe Reed's carrots. And you can't go right. So Joe Reed, bit of honey, bit of yeah. butter. Yeah. Is that what you do, babe? Honey and butter. Yeah. Honey and butter. Beautiful. And couldn't even taste the honey or butter in these ones. Pathetic. Sesame seed were burnt. Mm. Black carrots, purple carrots. Who's even no, purple carrots? I'm, I'm hearing you. Nine dollars, John. Nine dollars. That could feed a kid for nine days in Africa. <laughs> yeah. Nine carrots couldn't. That was a. Yeah. No, I'm hearing you. I'm totally in support of you. So finish the deck. Good. Good. Have to say. We still haven't done those edges. No, we did. Joe, Joe, put some. What did you, you put on the edges, babe? Varnish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. varnished the edges. She yeah. did that. But yeah. the thing that broke my heart about the, the deck is that I kind of did the first half by myself, mainly by myself. And then Joe started helping me with the edges. Mm. And, and it took me forever to do the bit that I did. Joe did the edges, 20 minutes and done. Done. I had to pull her up on a few bits. Yeah. She kind of missed a couple of bits, hey, babe? Yeah. Yeah, just a few bits. I just kind of, because you could see the white bit. Okay. So babe, over yeah, here. Yeah. I'm pointed here. there. Yeah. Pointed over there. Sharp it up. Yeah, okay. So it was good. Deck's done. So that's this year's summer's job's done. Good. Right, we're going to go do our interview with Kat Morrison. Were well, you ready for me to finish my story with you? We finished it, yep. Yeah. What about this week? What I'm, share, this week? I'm sharing your pain on paying for vegetables. What are you up to this week? This week I'm going on my camp, so go to go do that. Do you know what I'm going to do this week, John? What are you going to do this week? Beach day. Beach day. Have you been to the beach this summer? Well, the criteria went a lot. Uh, we've been to the beach at all. Mm? So Taylor's mistake. Do it. This said day. Come on, weather. Taylor's mistake. It's the only beach in Christchurch, really, isn't it? It's fun to go to, yeah. Because nowadays, summer doesn't have to surf. No. No, Taylor's, it's all Taylor's or nothing. If you want to catch some waves, mm. who's king of the wave competition? Mm. Have we ever had king of the wave competition? No. I think I'll take you. Okay, we'll see about that. I reckon I can. I'm pretty good at king of the wave. So am I. One arm down. Do you do the one arm down yeah. trick? Yeah. Swing around. Yeah. Windmill. Oh, trust me. I'll take you down. Okay. Whenever I ever swim again, we're going to challenge. Righty-ho. Here we go. Iron Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kick, Kick hard. hard.